Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Feathers in My Hair. Before we get started, I just want to plug um, the newest Emotionally Broken Psychos podcast, the newest pod in the fam, which is The Smush Room with Troy McGeady. It's so fucking funny. I'm so obsessed with it. Uh, Troy goes through and just like talks about couples that dated in like the 2000s. And it's so weird and specific and detailed. And it's just fucking hilarious. And I beg you all to go listen to it. Um, a short version is available on iTunes. The extended version is $8 a month on uh, our Patreon page. So yeah, go listen to it. It's so fucking funny. Troy is like one of my favorite people in the world. Um, yeah. And uh, we recorded an episode about Fair and James Dean that I think will be coming out in the next few weeks. So definitely, definitely, definitely you'll want to hear it. But anyway, um, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Can you guys believe it? I, huge, huge news. Ryan is a drug addict. Who could have possibly thought, guys? What a shocker. I had no idea. Wowzers. Yeah, of course Ryan's a drug addict. We know. But um, it was pretty fucking exciting to have Mackenzie, I mean, Macy, come out and say it on TV finally. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, I'm glad they finally fucking confirmed what's going on because I've been saying he's a drug addict for years and I like to be right, you know? So this week was a very different episode than basically any teen mom we've ever seen because the teen moms went real housewives and took a trip together. Well, three of them. They went to Puerto Rico. It was fun, I guess. Um, it was okay. On the Matt and Amber front, I just want to say... Not a lot of real drama happened this week. Apparently, Matt will not be at the reunion taping. Oh, my gosh. That yawn felt good. Matt will not be at the reunion taping. Although, he says it's not because they broke up, but it's because he has to get a surgery, which, who knows. And Amber tweeted out something like how she's thrilled about new beginnings, but Amber is, you know the queen of like sending out those weird tweets but yeah so really no new developments since last week uh i think we're gonna have to wait and see if matt and amber break up i don't think if they do break up that we'll know oh my god i can't stop yawning i don't think that if they do break up that they'll that we'll know for like a while um so yeah you know hopefully they will but this week's episode was weird to see like the whole cast together so i think i'm going to do farah's segment first and then just go through the trip um farah to me had an interesting week so it starts off with her in la that was weird la (laughs) she's in los angeles with deb so they're getting along and she says she's officially single which like okay farah 
Oh my god, I literally can't stop yawning. Wow. Uh, Farrah calls herself officially single, and her and Deb are like having lunch, and they're talking about dumping um, Simon, and Deb and Farrah like laugh about it. And then they have one of the weirdest conversations that Ferris maybe ever had on the show. So they're talking about the breakup and Simon, like, I guess won't leave her alone, which I don't know if I even believe. I don't know. I just don't really like buy anything about Sarah, Sarah, Farrah and Simon. It's just too weird. <sighs> they're so weird. But I guess like we would never be able to see Farrah have a normal relationship because she's not a normal person, right? <laughs> like, so I think it, like, might be asking a little much to be like, fair is going to be normal. And she's going to have a normal relationship. Guys, I feel like my brain is not fully attached to my head right now. And I'm talking and I'm not sure if things are making sense. I had two donuts today. I just spoke up, spoke at a 12-step meeting, which, by the way, this is ridiculous. But in the front row of the meeting, which I brought a meeting into a rehab, there was this kid... <laughs> who was sitting in the front row with these shorts on that were riding up the whole time. And, like, I have never seen a man's thighs look nicer. And I am not somebody that's into, like, men's thighs. You know, like, I hear people talk about, like, thick thighs and guys' legs and guys' butts. But those have, like, never, I don't know, TMI, I guess. But, like, I'm not into that. But I was, like, literally distracted during the meeting because this guy's thighs were so (laughs) nice looking. But anyway, so Farah and Deborah are discussing breaking up. Now, don't forget, Simon's 28 years old. He has ex-girlfriends. He's not like a kid, you know, and he's broken up with people before or been broken up with before. Didn't go great. There were restraining orders involved. So, you know, he's probably not a great breaker upper, but he's been dumped before or he's been the dumper. Farah says that he probably doesn't know how to break up because he hasn't lost somebody yet. What she says is, I think I handle a breakup better than anyone else because I lost Derek. You can't see them or talk to them or call them. Maybe he doesn't get that because he hasn't experienced that yet. Now, I just want that to sink in for everybody. Did Farah say that she is better at breaking up with people than everyone else because her boyfriend died that's like a really weird fucking thing to say it's really really fucking weird to say that she's better at breaking up with people because she has a dead boyfriend and simon just isn't good at breaking up with people because his girlfriend hasn't died (laughs) like i'm sorry that is so fucking weird and farah's not good at breaking up because she's been trying to break up with simon for a fucking year and she hasn't been able to do it I just, like, sometimes, a lot of times, the things that come out of Farrah's mouth are, like, so fucking outrageous. I don't, I don't even know how to handle them. Like, how do you react to saying that someone that says that she's the best at breaking up because she knew how to deal with a dead boyfriend? Like, I kind of get what she's saying. Like, you know, and if she had just said, like, you know, breakups aren't that hard for me because I went through, like, the most horrific thing that you can imagine, and my boyfriend died, and I had to learn the really tough way what it's like to live with someone, live without someone. Fine. Cool. 
But when she said, and I guess Simon hasn't experienced that, that threw me for a loop. (laughs) You know, I try not to be like shocked and surprised by Farah, but yet every week here I am shocked and surprised by Farah. So, uh, Farah, oh, by the way, is asked to speak at South by Southwest at an entrepreneur event, which, by the way, she was, like, trying to sell tickets for for, like, 500 fucking dollars, which looked especially outrageous when we saw it. It was, like, at somebody's house. Is that how South by Southwest works? Can you guys, like, hit a girl up? I don't fully understand what South by Southwest is. Like, I do, because I'm, like, not a fucking idiot, and, like, I you know, I keep my finger on the pulse of culture, but like I've never been to South by Southwest. I've never been to Austin. So I'm not totally sure how like the event, like the speaker events work. Like I understand that, you know, lots of different bars and venues have music playing. And I know like comedians do sets and movies get played and like, you know, shows will reunite and have panels like Gilmore Girls or Friday Night Lights, whatever. But like, there are t- are there TED Talks? Like, there are entrepreneur events. You don't just get a badge and get to see it to pay for events. I'm not really sure. Jay Renna, could you please let a sister know how South by Southwest works? I'm not even sure if you listen to Feathers in My Hair. But, yeah, I would appreciate if anybody who knows how it works lets me know. I mean, I could have, like, done that and actually researched what I was talking about before this episode, But, you know, unfortunately, like, this isn't my full-time job. (laughs) But, yeah. So, Farah is going to the South by Southwest event. And I'm thinking, when she's talking, it's going to be on a stage. She's going to be giving a large talk. There'll be hundreds of people there. Um, I was imagining a TED Talk, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Or a panel. You know, like, a panel is probably more realistic. I'm not really sure why I was, like, (laughs) expecting to come out like dressed like Steve Jobs <laughs> like what if you went to an event expecting entrepreneurs and Farrah in a black turtleneck and an acid wash denim jean like fucking stepped out on stage <laughs> and started leading a powerpoint it'd be more like Liz Lemon when she was trying to get their or the girly show with Tracy Jordan to stay on air <laughs> did that presentation (laughs) that would be more what it's like but I you know if Farrah was funnier she would have like showed up in a black turtleneck that's really my problem with Farrah with a lot of these team moms they're just not funny enough like I want them to lean in to like the weirdness and like if Farrah showed up a fucking South by Southwest event like an entrepreneur I can't say that word, entrepreneurial event, like, dressed like Steve Jobs, like, I would be like, okay, maybe I'm a Farrah fan now. But, you know, that's not what she does. So, she stops by at Froco, you know, her frozen yogurt store, (laughs) before, um, before the show, and Michael is there, and there's, like, a clothes sign on the door, because they're closed, and she, like, grabs the sign, and she goes, Michael, why is this sign in the window? And he's like, well, we're closed. Like, we changed our hours. And she said, this looks tacky. And if people come, you'll tell them we're closed. I do terrible impressions. But um, 
it was like the most bizarre scene and i can't fucking stand the way that she talks to people and the way that she talks to michael i'm so fucking over it i'm so over it if she speaks to michael that way because of trauma and abuse cut you cut him out of your life farah like what is wrong with michael why their dynamics are so fucking weird they're so fucking weird she talks to him like she is an abusive spouse and he behaves like a battered spouse with the two of them i why is he running her stores why is she allowing him to run her stores you know if like michael is that bad and she is that broken that she can't speak to him like a normal human being then he needs to be out of her life uh i just wanted to say like i came up with this theory this week i don't think i've discussed it on the show so and it plays into this let me get into like the next scene so michael's like yeah things are going great in the store and you know yesterday a kid like held down um held down this i don't know what they're called the frozen yogurt spigot that's not the right word the pump i don't know and it made a mess and she goes michael life's not about messes i don't want to hear about this because life's not about messes okay so obviously she was nervous she like didn't want to talk about it at that time but she like is so incapable of human emotions so this is what i think happened I think because of Farrah's personality disorder or whatever, she, like, is completely unable to, like, show or understand human emotions, like, normal human emotions. By the way, I just remembered something that happened this week. You guys should all go listen to Farrah on Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest's, I don't know what his fucking last name is, podcast. Um, It starts out really great. Farrah's, like, so clear-headed, and then it gets crazy and fair is absolutely not in therapy at the time she talks about her therapist she says we're no longer seeing one another but we remain cordial which is a bizarro thing to say about your therapist i am pretty positive all her therapy is from tv um she (laughs) dr drew (laughs) Dr. Drew, uh, like, casually mentions that Farrah has been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and has cluster B issues, and Farrah denies it, which I think it's because she didn't want to cop to it on, uh, like, not on camera, but on the pod, which, you know, I can understand. Um, Farrah says that she believes Deb has Asperger's, and Dr. Drew agrees and says that she thinks, he thinks she has Asperger's and that Deborah is schizophrenic schizoaffective not schizophrenic schizoaffective uh rachel gabrielle was not a fan of this diagnosis nor was i deb having asperger's like doesn't make sense i don't even think do people even still get diagnosed with asperger's i thought they just had autism spectrum disorder like dr drew is such a fucking whack job he says that Derek was a drug addict because his dad had alcohol issues which, like, maybe, but he was 18 when he died, and how the fuck would Dr. Drew know that? But what was really, like, the revelation for me is that Farrah is absolutely not in therapy, and Farrah definitely has a personality disorder that she ter- told Dr. Drew about. Um, and it's weird because the whole fucking time, Farrah's talking about therapy and the therapy she's doing and the therapy she did. And then it comes out, like, when she's asked point blank, she doesn't have a fucking therapist, and she's not in therapy. And I'm I would bet a lot of money that all of the therapy that we've seen on TV is the only therapy fair gets. So when she's on couples therapy, family boot camp, filming for the show, that hypnotherapy that she got, like, I would bet that's the extent of her therapy um, and that she doesn't actually do private therapy. I would be pretty shocked if she did. 
So back to my point. So according to Dr. Drew Farah's person, borderline personality disorder, which once again, Rachel disagrees with. Uh, if you guys don't know my friend, Rachel, she's amazing. You should listen to her podcast with Mona about called How About Now. I love it. It's called How About Now and it's great. Anyways, um, Rachel thinks that Farrah is narcissistic with PTSD, complex PTSD, I think she called it. And um, that Deborah is the one with borderline personality disorder, which is very interesting. I mean, who fucking knows? I can't diagnose anybody. Rachel's not diagnosing them either. It's just what those are like the signs they display the most on TV and in interviews. But I think because whatever Farrah has going on and because of like how she is, like, I think she's like totally incapable of reading other people's emotions and like replicating emotions. So I want to explain this. So if I'm around somebody who's sad, I can be like, I can lower my voice. Oh, you know, I can put a soft tone on it. I understand to like pat their back. I like rest my face muscles so that I'm not smiling. And so that like, I know to turn my body, you know, like we as humans on this earth, most of us like understand how to mimic our emotions to reflect the situation that we're in and reflect others, even if we're not necessarily feeling it. I do this at work all the time. You know, I can do my voice when I pick up the phone. Good afternoon, law offices. How may I help you? You know, it's a, it's different than the voice that I have. Oh, may I ask what this call is regarding? Uh, I like go up at the end of my sentences to soften it. It's just... M- a mix of manners and a mix of just like understanding like how people want you to be. So I think Farrah doesn't understand that and has no concept of that. <laughs> like, so I think maybe she had a therapist, you know, maybe Dr. Jen. She had a therapist tell her, Farrah, you're so negative and aggressive and you need to be more positive. And the reason that people act so aggressively towards you is because they're reading your aggressive vibes. And she took that in and she was like, okay. And I bet a therapist is like, just you need to be more positive and you should use a more positive voice and you should say more positive things. And then hopefully the people like responding to you will be more positive. So when Ferris says things like life isn't about messes, Michael, And, like, that nasty voice, like, I truly think that's her not understanding how to speak positively when she does not feel genuinely positive. And she doesn't realize, like, the tone of voice she's using is so off-putting and aggressive. But she thinks because she's using positive words and positive phrases that she's being positive. I don't know if you guys can follow that line of thought, but, like, it makes total sense to me. (laughs) I mean, what I mean is like, she always does this thing where she's like, my life is about positivity. I'm positive, mom. I'm being positive. And if you're going to be negative, please just leave because I'm not negative. And she says it in like this mean voice. She it sounds nasty and aggressive, but she's telling you that she's positive. I, I just think she genuinely doesn't know how to fake emotions because she doesn't understand emotions. It's very weird. And you can see it when she laughs, like, or, like, puts a smile on. She'll be like, haha, I'm laughing. Like, I just, I worry. I worry that she is incapable of human emotion. (laughs) I think she does, 
let me rephrase that. I'm worried she's incapable of, like, understanding human emotions. And I think she just does have genuine emotions. Like, if she's genuinely happy, you can, like, tell when she smiles. If she's genuinely laughing, you can tell. If she's genuinely angry, you can tell. But I think she has literally no clue how to display, like, a... Like, in that situation with Michael... I feel like a normal person who understood emotions would be like, oh, I'm really nervous. Like, I can't talk about this. Or when he's talking about, like, the fact that it was all spilled and cleaned up, you go, wow, that's crazy. Glad you cleaned it up. That's it. But she, like, doesn't know how to say, like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe that happened. Glad you cleaned it up. What she has to say is life's not about messes, Michael. So let's be positive and not talk about that. Like, there, just because you say something's positive doesn't mean you're being positive. Um, That was, like, a long tangent. I know, I hope that's why you guys listen to this show. If it makes no sense, I'm sorry. I mean, tweet me or Facebook me about clarification. (laughs) Okay, so, um, Farrah goes to the South by Southwest event, which is literally at someone's house. She says to somebody, it's cool that this is a house party. Um, The interview was just in a living room with like 15 chairs set up. I mean, it's full. There's like a DJ. Um, I'm, There's probably a red carpet. I can't remember. But it, it's weird. Um, It's... That was not what I was expecting. That was not what I was expecting at all. So she does this interview and um, she's called a female founder, which is, you know, I mean, I guess she is. And Farrah said that she's going or she's talking about the social media. Okay, first of all, this week I did some research and on Instagram, Farrah has about 900,000 followers, which is so low for the teen moms. Leah from Teen Mom 2, who does no social media shit, like I don't think she does any at like ad deals. I mean, she's awful. She doesn't care. Uh, Has like 1.2. Janelle's like 2.5 million. I think Caitlin's at like 3 million. Chelsea's all the way up at like 4.5 million. Like all, all the other teen moms like run circles around her social media numbers. So Farrah, do better. Um, (laughs) but her social media for the website or for the stores that she has is horrific. Have you guys ever looked at her website? Like, the design is so bad. And the... Guys. Guys. She didn't have a proofreader. And it's just fair trying to sound smart. Like, I beg you all to go to, like, Sophia Laurent or whatever that fucking store is and read the website. It's so bad. The social media is so bad for these stores. Like, I can't believe that she'd be invited to talk anywhere about them. Um, (laughs) like... It's really bad. Also, did you know she started Froco? She wants it to be a franchise and even posted it recently. It's like March on her Instagram. Like, talk to me if you want a franchise. Like, nobody wants to franchise your store, Farah. Nobody. Nobody. Um. Also, like, frozen yogurt is on its way out, baby girl. Like, she got into the frozen yogurt game like three weeks or three years after it was hot. Like, please. When the frozen yogurt store opened in 2010, you were like, oh, cool. And now every frozen yogurt store is shutting down because the trend's out. 
Um, and people realize how fucking expensive it is because anytime I go to get fucking frozen yogurt, it's like $11 because I'm an idiot and make the cup too heavy. God, does everybody else do that too? Um, so I feel like I've been saying, um, a lot this episode. I apologize. I really apologize for that. So Farrah talks about her stores, which she calls startups. (sighs) So look. I don't truly understand what a startup is. What I do know is that it's not three brick and mortar stores that are a frozen yogurt store, a children's boutique, and a furniture store. How the fuck is a retail store a startup? Like, I think of a startup as being, like, a tech company or, like, a company that can, like, grow and, like, look... Should I have Googled what exactly a startup is? Yes. Will I do that right now? Maybe. But I just, I don't understand how a startup could possibly be brick and mortar stores. That would be, that would mean everybody. Like, does my boss who runs a small law firm, like, is he running a startup? I mean, not anymore because the firm's been there for 20 years. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but, like, could my boss, like, walk, could my boss have been walking around in 1996 telling people he was making a startup with his law firm? No. No. A frozen yogurt store is not a startup. That's insane. Like, and she keeps saying it. She says it over and over again. And they're like, wow, you started three businesses in six months? And she's like, yeah, I mean... I just saw, like, a market void for it, and they just really needed to be opened. Really, Farah? A kid's clothing boutique, which, by the way, our girl Shana, Shauna, excuse me, went there this week and took pictures of the ugliest shit in Sophia Laurent, and uh, the furnished store looked like a mess, because Farah's never fucking there. Okay. Story time, folks. I've worked at small businesses, and the owners worked 80 hours a week. In the first five years of owning a business, you need to be there all the time. Sometimes forever when you own the business, you know, like in a retail store. You need to be there all the time. Unless you want to pay a shit ton of money for super competent managers. Um, You know, I've worked in a lot of family-owned environments, and they're there all the time. Because they have to be, or else, you know, the store doesn't do well. There's never in Austin. Who the fuck is running her stores? I guess Michael is. But, like, how how can you open three businesses in one year and travel every week? That doesn't make any sense. Taking on three businesses was so fucking ludicrous. And this is, like, what drives me nuts because Farrah's supporters will be like, she hustles, she's doing something outside of Teen Mom, she makes money, blah, blah, blah. Farrah's a terrible investor. First of all, she can't unload her L.A. house, which was supposed to be a flip. She's going to take a loss on it. And she can't unload the Austin house, which she's so desperately trying to get rid of. Um, she's been trying to sell it for years. So she's terrible at real estate. She's like, open the three most basic ass stores that she could. Who knows if they'll be successful? How many employees is she paying for once? How the fuck is she affording rent on three leases and to pay employees? Oh, right. With her porn stuff. Okay. So if she's at, oh my God, I just sneeze. Excuse me. I have the loudest, manliest sneeze. I'm not one of those like, achoo, achoo. Like, I have the most obscene sneeze. Um, 
<laughs> but Thera, what I want to hear at her fucking South by Southwest talk is about the porn stuff. That's where her fucking money is coming from. The cam girl site, the vagina molds, the royalties on the porn that I think she's still getting. Like, that's what I want to hear. She's still go- doing strip club appearances. She's on a vivid, doing vivid appearances right now, I think. I saw them advertised. Like, that's what I want to hear about. That's where her money comes from. That's her entrepreneur entrepreneurial skill like i want to know about the campsite that she runs and how much fucking money she's making off that and if she's exploiting the camp girls on her site that's what i'm interested in not her fucking three shaggy ass retail stores you know as my dear friend uh stas and i say my dear internet friend we're reddit friends and facebook friends um we like will be going to our deathbed saying how it's insane that she opened three brick and motor stores in one year (laughs) Like, I just, I just can't. I really, I really can't. It's too much. It makes no sense. Her businesses make no sense to me. I don't understand it. I don't understand Farrah as a human. Um, I don't know, guys. See, this weird thing is happening to me where farrah has been gaining a lot more acceptance, like, on Reddit and in the team on fandom because they hate Amber and Caitlyn so much, and that's making me hate Farrah more. <laughs> Like, Farrah is a bad person. Like, Troy and I did our uh, Smush Room episode on Farrah and James Dean. And, like, Farrah is a bad fucking person, guys. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, Farrah is racist. She has straight up lied about, like, completely lied about two separate rape incidences. Like, she's bad. She's really bad. And I don't care how fucked up her parents were. I don't care. I'm over that. Grow up, Farah. You're 26. You gotta get your shit together. You're passing it on to your poor daughter. Uh, oh, Farah also said that her she was very diverse in three different stores, which is like, were you? Like, is it that diverse to open up a, ki- a children's store, a frozen yogurt store, and a furniture store in one shopping center? Which, by the by, I just want to point out, that the shopping center can't be doing that well if there are three open storefronts in it. Have I? I've never discussed this. Wow, I just I just had a revelation on this podcast, guys. But there's no way the fern or like that shopping center is very successful if they have three open stores at one time. How is it possible that she had was able to open three open stores? I think I read that Froco you went in to a store like she took over the lease for another frozen yogurt place that went out of business, which like lol. Um, <laughs> exactly what I was saying, but they're all in the same so- shop. Yeah, they're all in the same shopping center. So you know, like I kind of work in real estate. My ex boyfriend's dad is a commercial real estate developer who owns shopping centers, and it's not good when you have three open storefronts in your shopping center. That means you're not getting a ton of traffic. Like the- it's not good. It's not good luck for your shopping center. How many fucking times can I say shopping center in the next one minute? Because I just said it about 29 different times. Um, so, yeah. Like, Farrah's giving this interview, and I'm just like, why is she not talking about the porn stuff? That's all I care about. Isn't that all anybody cares about? Uh, she tells us how the market desperately needed it, and then the interview's over. Like, she did great. Good job. Whatevs. Proud of you, Farrah. I mean, it is cool that she, like, gave this speech and was featured. Like, you know, like, I'm not, 
I give, as I always say, I give credit where credit's due and like, I'm not going to knock someone. Sorry for the weird cutoff there. I decided to actually try and edit and I fucked it up. So the episode ends with Farrah talking to this girl and the girl's like, oh, like you're Farrah, aren't you Middle East? Or she's like, I'm Egyptian and Farrah's like, I'm Syrian. And she's like, cool. And they like have a little back and forth and then... Farrah says, I dated an Egyptian guy for three years, but now I'm single. And the girl offers to set Farrah up with some people. Okay. Um, so, does Farrah think Simon is Egyptian? Does Farrah think Egyptian and Indian are the same thing? Could she be talking about someone else? Someone on Reddit said that she thought she had read that Derek is half Egyptian and half white, which... I guess it's possible. I mean, I looked at pictures of Derek's mom, Derek's dad, Derek's sisters. None of them look Egyptian, but genes are crazy. It's possible he had one Egyptian grandfather, and now, you know, he looks how he does. People are saying it's possible Simon is half Egyptian. Sure. Although I've never heard him say that. I do know he is Indian and comes from a traditional family. Um, I just think... That Farah thinks that India is in the Middle East and that all Middle Easterns are Egyptian. And I bet if the conversation of someone corrected her went like this and said, Farah, Simon's not Egyptian. Yeah, I know. He's Middle Eastern. Yeah, Farah, India is not in the Middle East. Yeah, I I know. I know. I know. But he's like Egyptian and Egyptian is like Middle East and it's all the same thing. And like India is Middle East. Like, I truly don't think Farrah knows really what being Indian is. <laughs> like, I would be 0% shocked if Farrah legitimately thought Egyptian and Indian were the same thing. 0%. So, yeah, that's, like, kind of the end. Her and Paola have, like, a conversation. And did you guys notice how Paola and Farrah look alike? Because of the makeup and plastic surgery, it's very bizarre. Like, they don't look alike at all, but when they're sitting next to each other and their makeup is done exactly the same way because of the Instagram look, uh, and because they have, like, the same weird surgeries, they, like, look a lot alike. How bizarre, how bizarre. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this week's Feathers in My Hair. If you want to hear the extended version of this episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Love you guys. Have a great week. Kisses. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.